You're listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's program is entitled Hate. Hello my radio friends, welcome to the program today. What I have to share with you might be a challenge, and I hope it is. A question to begin. What is the difference between anger and hate? Well, there are probably many things, but of prime importance is that hate is a personal choice. Anger is often a reaction to some situation. And no doubt people have their reasons to hate, but hate is a very negative emotion and has deleterious effects on the one who does the hating. Hate is physically and psychologically draining and may cause a shortened life. To love is much better than to hate. And here's a little story to illustrate that point. A kindergarten teacher had decided to let her class play a game. The teacher told each child in the class to bring along a plastic bag containing a few potatoes. Each potato would be given the name of a person that that the child hated. So the number of potatoes that a child would would put in his or her plastic bag would depend on the number of people he or she hated. So when the day came, every child brought some potatoes with the name of the people he or she hated. Some had two potatoes, some three, well, some up to five potatoes. The teacher then told the children to carry the potatoes in the plastic bag with them wherever they went for a whole week. Day after day passed, and the children started to complain due to the unpleasant smell let out by the rotten potatoes. Besides, those having five potatoes also had to carry heavier bags. After one week, the children were relieved because the game had finally ended. The teacher asked, how did you feel while carrying the potatoes with you for one week? The children let out their frustrations and started complaining of the trouble that they had to go through, having to carry the heavy and smelly potatoes wherever they went. Then the teacher told them the hidden meaning behind the game. The teacher said, this is exactly the situation when you carry your hatred for somebody inside your heart. The stench of hatred will contaminate your heart and you'll carry it with you wherever you go. If you can't tolerate the smell of rotten potatoes for just one week, can you imagine what it's like to have the stench of hatred in your heart for your lifetime? The moral of the story is to throw away any hatred for anyone from your heart so that you will not carry that burden for a lifetime. Forgiving others 
is the best attitude to take. Negativity about someone will destroy you and your peace of mind. Remember the good things and let go of the hatred. Well, you can probably agree with what I've just shared with you. But although sociologists and psychologists may help us to understand the negative effect of hatred, the Bible has had for almost 2,000 years some outstandingly good advice about hate. Take, for example, Proverbs 19.12, which says, Hatred stirs up conflict, but love covers all wrongs. How true is that? When someone is prepared to put aside feelings of hatred, there's no conflict. Now this sometimes takes quite a lot of self-control and determination. But to let those negative emotions go is far better than to let them control you. People sometimes think they are the masters of a situation when they express their dislike or hatred for someone else. But the facts of the matter are that the person who hates for whatever reason is the victim rather than the master. It's no wonder Jesus said in Luke 6.22, Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Now it's reasonable to assume Jesus did not expect his heart followers to hate in return. But why should followers of Christ rejoice because they are hated because they're Christians? Jesus answered that when he said in verse 23, Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven, for that is how their fathers treated the prophets. For some strange reason, evil people hate good people. Jesus pointed that out. When people hate and want to do you harm, it shows on whose side they belong. Psalm 54.7 adds some further information. It says, You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore God, your God, has set you above your companions. To want to be righteous and to hate wickedness is to live on a higher plane than the opposite, which is to love wickedness and hate righteousness. And to carry that a little further, the Apostle John, although something of a hothead in his younger years, changed and was a blessing to many people in his older years. And he had this advice to give in 1 John 2, verses 9 to 11. He said, Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is still in darkness. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light, and there's nothing in them to make them stumble. 
But anyone who hates a brother or sister is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. They do not know where they're going because the darkness has blinded them. Now, the brother and sister, of course, refers to people. Simply put, this is the main point. If you claim to be a Christian, yet hate someone, you are deceiving yourself. Vanessa Van Edwards is the author of a best-selling motivational book, Captivate, The Science of Succeeding with People. And in there she makes some very perceptive observations about hating. She has observed that hating a common enemy may draw people together. Now I've seen this in politics, where a common dislike for the party in power may overthrow them at the election. Vanessa Van Edwards has said, that some people who might suffer low self-esteem seek to boost their esteem by hating or denigrating someone else. A lot of people join hate groups because it allows them to funnel the blame for all of their problems into another group of people while being supported by a group of people who share their beliefs and make them feel like they belong. It's interesting that hate groups exist. They may not be formally organised, but they do exist. The victims may be innocent of any wrongdoing, but might get picked on by one person and suddenly others will join in the fray. As you've heard previously, I grew up in the country. At one stage, my father raised turkeys. One day I was dismayed to see a young turkey lying on the ground, being harassed by about six or seven other turkeys. I don't expect that the young turkey had done anything wrong. It was probably one of the weaker birds in the flock. But because of this, and only this, it was being turkey-pecked by others who really had no reason to interfere with it. And sometimes such situations occur with people. I recall a time when a new student came to my class. She was of Greek parentage, was of normal intelligence, but she had a retiring nature. She had no obvious outstanding abilities and did not stand up for herself. There seemed to be an unspoken animosity toward her until a time came when I organised a competition to hold a mini alternative Olympics to find out who would become champions in various non-Olympic events. Such things were like holding one's breath, standing on one leg, stare without blinking, and holding one's arm out at full length. There were all kinds of other events, but the new girl entered the extended arm contest. 
She appeared to be an unlikely winner, but surprisingly easily won the contest, defeating even the strongest boys. As a result of this, her self-esteem rose and raised her esteem within the other class members also. Vanessa, the writer of the book, states, Other people join hate groups because it fills their need for friendship and belonging. You don't need to do or be anything special. All you have to do is to be negative toward other people. It feels easy. Likewise, some people find it easier to make connections by putting others down and seeing who agrees with them than to prove the people that they themselves are interesting and valuable companions. I don't know if you've got the idea, but some people will put others down in order to try to raise their own self-esteem. Hatred also surfaces when people feel insecure in themselves. The other persons, that's the ones they hate, may be much more talented, more popular and more positive than they. So, by projecting their own jealousies on another person, they themselves find comfort. To further understand about hate, Vanessa explains that hate comes at a cost. Though there are some bonding benefits to spewing negativity about other people, don't try to use this tactic to make friends because its risks far outweigh any good that comes from it. Be aware of these potential consequences of speaking poorly about others. To know if someone else dislikes the same person as you, one of you has to make the first move and say something negative. And this can come at a serious cost to your reputation if people around you don't agree with your negative opinions. Another danger of sharing negative opinions toward other individuals, particularly when you're with people you don't know well, is that you create a negative emotional impression of yourself. People only remember a small portion of what you say. However, they develop concrete memories of how you made them feel. If your words evoke anger, frustration, disgust and other cynical emotions in other people, they're going to associate those feelings with you. Most people don't like feeling those ways and may be less eager to see you in the future because you bring down their emotional state. Given these risks, unless your hatred is founded in a socially acceptable ideological belief and unless it comes from a personal experience of being hurt or could be otherwise justified by most people, it's best to keep it to yourself. Are you aware that God hates too? And I'm going to answer this question straight after the break. 
has broken like the first morning. Blackbird has broken like the first bird. Praise for the singing. Praise for the morning. Praise for them springing fresh from the well, fresh from the well. Sweet the rains new fall, sunlit from heaven, like the first. question before the break was, are you aware that God hates too? Proverbs chapter 6 verses 16 to 19 gives a list of what God hates. It says there are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Firstly, haughty eyes, that is, people regarding themselves superior to others. Second one, a lying tongue, that is, telling lies. And in the Ten Commandments, it's described as false witness. The third things, hands that shed blood. Murder, of course. Fourth, a heart that devises wicked schemes, meaning someone who plots to do evil. Next one was feet that are quick to rush into evil. And that means those who are habitually prepared to do wrong. Another one, a false witness who pours out lies. And of course, that's someone who's not at all concerned about truth. And then we have a man 
who stirs up dissension among brothers. The modern terminology for that is a troublemaker. But then God also announces a principle in Proverbs 8.36. He says, He who sins against me injures himself. All those who hate me love death. I wonder how God feels when someone destroys their life with drugs or smoking, alcohol or careless living. In my opinion, although God loves all people, including those who do those awful kinds of things, he hates what they do to themselves and hates it when they encourage others to live carelessly too. Although God is a God of love and loves everyone, he's not pleased when we go against his good advice and make a mess of our lives. Of course, there are people who, despite the appeals made to their better natures, refuse to change their attitudes. Of them it's written in Proverbs 1, verses 28 to 33, Then they will call to me, but I will not answer. They will look for me, but will not find me. Since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord, since they would not accept my advice and spurned my rebuke, they will eat the fruit of their schemes. But whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. God does not bless the people who choose to turn their backs on him. There is a very wise and perceptive statement recorded in Matthew 6.24. These are the words of Jesus, and this is what he said. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. God requires our allegiance. It doesn't work if we worship God in competition with something else. With him, it's all or nothing. On one occasion, a teacher of the law asked Jesus, Teacher, of all the commandments, which is the most important? And Mark 12.29 records his answer, and it's this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. In other words, Jesus said to love God supremely with nothing coming in between. When people go against God's advice as recorded in the book of Leviticus 26, God withdraws his blessings so that their lives become filled with catastrophes and disasters. Now, some have questioned God for bringing about curses rather than blessings, asking, well, how can he be a God of love when he causes and allows bad things to happen, even to bad people? I believe God is not vindictive, but does this so that people will wake up to themselves and turn to him, and change their ways. In fact, I believe cannot do anything out of a motive of hate. Even his punishments are done in love, 
in order that people will realise their bad ways and choose to do what is right and good. Now, before winding up today, I want to summarise the main points of today's talk to help you remember what I've shared with you. Firstly, to hate other people is self-destroying. It destroys your peace of mind and may play a major role leading to destroying your health. Secondly, some people project their hate on others because it makes them feel better about themselves. It boosts their poor self-esteem. Thirdly, hate may draw people together for all the wrong reasons. Fourthly, Christians may experience the hate of others simply because they choose to follow the Lord. Fifthly, God hates it when people do things that destroy them. He loves sinners, but he hates the sin. Fifthly, uh, lastly, I should say, it must be recognised that it doesn't work when our love is divided between God and an idol such as money. May your life be filled with love, joy and peace, but not with hate.